time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. I remember the moment when I came aware of this paradox that we humans have. I call it the control paradox. The way it happened is I was sitting in my office with a couple and the man was looking a little downtrodden. Now, let me tell you, first of all, that I'm not assigning that this is about uh, gender at all. But in this case, the man was looking very downtrodden, actually sitting a whole lot like a young child. And the wife was telling him all of the things that he was doing wrong. And I finally stopped her and I said, hey, it seems like that everything is about him. Is that correct? And she said, look, I can't help it. I'm a control freak. And he said, yeah, you sure are. And at that moment, she unleashed words, yelling and screaming and threw a book down, slammed down the uh, tissue box beside her and stood up and said, you knew that when I married you, I'm all about control. And there it was, the control paradox. Has nothing to do with marriage, really. It's about something about humans where we try to control things we can't control And yet we abdicate control for what we can control. So let me say at the outset that any attempts to control things outside of yourself are based in fear. And any attempts to control things within you, the things within your control, are based in responsibility of of choosing that place. And so the paradox is based in the fact that we look at the things and try to control the things for which we're fearful and abdicate those things for which we can actually be responsible. Now, notice why this happens. This sense of control that comes out of the fear is because we are desperate to maintain and get to where we want to in life, to, to find that place where life is going the way we want it. That's just kind of human nature to want things to go our way. The problem is we overestimate that which we can control and we pound our fist about that which we can't control and then we underestimate the places where we have control of ourselves. There are some things we just can't control and one of the big categories that gets us into trouble is we can't control other people. In fact, what we can't control about other people is what they think, what they believe, what their actions are and what their attitudes are. Notice how many of those areas we cross into, especially in areas like marriage and parenting and even on the job site where we want to be able to control what people are thinking, what they're believing, how they're acting and what their attitude is. And there are some ways we can at least control behavior that's in front of us with punishment, but we can't ultimately control behavior. In fact, what often happens is when we get to the place where we're trying to control somebody else's behavior, they just find somewhere else to act out that behavior even greater. But let's go through this a little bit at a time. First, we can't control other people's thoughts because whatever they're having going on in our heads, we might not like it, but we can't control what that is that they're processing in their own mind. We can't think, we can't be in control of what they're thinking about and how they're thinking about things. We also can't be in control of beliefs. Beliefs come from such a deep place where we're we're weaving together our understandings of the world and our life experiences and what we think about these outside things and bringing them into a belief system. And nobody else can say what we can believe. Now, you may say, well, I can help my child believe something. You can point them in that direction. 
you can begin to try to raise them in certain belief structures until they begin thinking for themselves. And then at that point, all bets are off. There are many parents who watch their kids go off to college only to come home having completely abandoned the beliefs that the parents so carefully ingrained in that child. Now, they might come back to them later, but the proof is not whether the beliefs were wrong at the beginning or wrong now. The proof is the fact that that child and now adult gets to choose their own beliefs. We all get to choose our own belief system and how we understand the world and how we interact. Or how about actions? How do you stop an action before it happens? That would be what has to happen to control it. So a child is throwing a temper tantrum and you're trying to control that behavior, but the behavior has already happened. Or you're trying to control the behavior of a spouse, but the behavior has already come out. Or you're trying to control the behavior of somebody who's working and that behavior has already come come out. Now, you can do it punitively, right? There are ways we try to rely on that. But as always as a punitive thing, kind of cleaning up the act. Or how about attitude? You know, we might be upset that somebody does something, but they still have a sour attitude about it. And I've watched many parents say, you know, yes, you did what you were supposed to do, but I didn't like your attitude about it. The problem is we have no way of changing that attitude. That's a personal decision of somebody. What else can't we control? Well, we can't control physics. The laws of physics are are pretty consistent. We can't get away from gravity and we can't get away from those forces that happen when things are are going on. I remember years ago as a hospital chaplain, I was talking with two families that were involved in their, their loved ones were involved in the same accident. They were in rooms right beside each other. One had lost their family member. The other person had a slight gash on their forehead and that was it. The incident had been an accident. And as I looked and talked to them about the accident, uh, both cars were coming through the intersection. And as you may remember from physics, two, uh, two two objects cannot be at the same place at the same time. And that is exactly the law that happened. And so these two cars were on a collision course. And then the laws of physics also talk about momentum. And so while one family member was uh, thankful and, um, and was in the midst of uh, praising God for the sparing of the life, the others were questioning why God had not spared their loved one a life. And in both cases, my response was, you know, physics is in play here. The laws of physics, as they are created in the universe, were, was at play here. And we sometimes forget that. We sometimes forget that we want something to be different. And what I realized over the years as I was working in that hospital was that when people said, why did this happen? They were wanting some way of controlling that. They were wanting some way of having changed what had happened. But the facts are, we can't control physics. We don't have control over that. And part of our growing and maturing is realizing that things are going to happen and there's no way around that. We can't control physics. And so when our child slips and falls and hurts themselves, there's nothing we could have done to control that. We can't keep them corralled and away from that because physics happens and gravity happens. We also can't control biology. Now, we can influence biology by taking care of biology, but we can't control it. So aging happens and illnesses happen. And while we may be able to have some places where we can influence that, we can't control it. 
when I watch people, they abdicate control over what they can about their health, of staying uh, fit, of eating well, of treating illnesses as they arise. And then they're upset when they feel like they should be able to control their body. And the fact is, over time, that's going to enter in more and more into our lives. As I watch some of my friends as they're aging, they struggle because their body can't do what it once did. And they're upset about that and they seek ways of controlling it. And after they've done everything they can to influence that, there is a point when we have to accept the aging process as as happening to us and that aging happens and illness will happen. There are also a couple of things within ourselves that we can't control. We can't control our own thoughts and fears. And what I mean by that is we can't control the origin of the thoughts. Your mind is designed just to create thoughts. That's what a mind does. And a mind can create great thoughts or not so great thoughts. That's all it's doing, though. It's just cranking out the thoughts. And the question is whether you're going to pay attention to those thoughts and grab onto those thoughts and assume those thoughts really are you or recognize that they are thoughts that your mind is creating. Some of those thoughts you do want to follow up on and bring into your life, and other of those thoughts we need to let go. And the same with fears. Our fears are automatic. We can't control whether we have a fear response. We do have a choice on whether we're going to stay in constant fear, but we don't have a choice on whether that fear is spiked in the the beginning or not. That's just a, a biological and psychological cycle that happens in an effort for us to protect ourselves. Then there's one other thing that we just can't control, and that's world events, at least in how they play out on the big stage. Yes, we can have those moments where we try to influence it, like when we decide who we're going to vote for and how we're going to stand for things and whether we're going to protest or support certain things. But in the end, we can't control those world events. An interesting thing to me is to watch what happens. I've talked to many people who watch the the news and they get all worked up about watching the news. And my question is, why do you watch the news? What is it you're getting out of it? And there is a place where we all watch the news in some ways to feel like we have some control over our environment. Interestingly enough, the things that are shown on the news, we rarely have any control over. And all it does is activate those fear places. And yet... We all have this place where we want to have some control over our world. We don't. So what can we control? Well, I believe that we have control over our aspirations, our attitude, our actions. And we also have control over our boundaries and our standards. We have control over our aspirations, attitude, and actions, which are the three things, the three A's to remember of what you have control over. What is an aspiration? Well, an aspiration is what you want to move toward. Oftentimes, it is tied very tightly into those fears, but an aspiration is where you want to move towards, and a fear is what you want to avoid. You have an automatic fear response. That is just automatic, and you get to choose whether you're going to allow that fear to hold you back or whether you're going to proceed courageously through the fear, and the aspiration is what pulls you through the fear. So you get to choose your own aspirations. We as humans get to choose what we're trying to move towards. That's a great thing that we often underestimate, that we get to choose our dreams, our hopes. We get to choose our direction that we're going to move towards. Now, we can't choose all of the steps along the way, but an aspiration is bigger than how we're going to get there. It's that we're going in that direction. We also have a choice in our attitude. Our attitude is how we are uh, perceiving our current situation and how we continue to either persevere or move away from it. We have a choice in that. 
my close friend, uh, who is my also my partner in teaching scuba, Ray, always starts the scuba class with one phrase. And he says, all I'm asking from you is to keep a, a PMA, positive mental attitude. And what he's acknowledging is in those moments, people are able to choose that attitude. Ray is pointing out the fact that as we go through this class and things get a little tough, get a little challenging, it's not that we're asking them to do everything uh, easily or effortlessly or exactly or perfectly, but we're asking that they move through that class with a positive mental attitude, that when the things get tough, they don't just quit and say, I can't do it, but they say, I'm going to try to do that. I have an attitude where I'm moving towards that. That is a choice always in our lives to choose our attitude. Now, I say that as a choice. It doesn't mean you're always going to choose a positive mental attitude, but you always have a choice to choose that. You always have a possibility that you can choose a positive mental attitude. So part of our choice is in uh, the combination of our, our aspirations. Those are our positive beliefs on where we want to go and our attitude. That's how we're dealing with the current situation. Are we going to deal with it in a I'm going to continue or a I'm going to walk away? The important thing to note is whether you choose to proceed forward or whether you choose to give up, that is a choice. And we that's one of those places where I've noticed that people act as if that is not within their control. That is not in their uh, possibility of dealing with. They, they just kind of abdicate that. And so this is one of those places where the control paradox is very evident. They say, what do you expect me to do? Things got tough. What do you expect me to do? And it's not what I expect, but it's how they decide to move forward or to not, but to recognize that they're making that choice and deciding that. And then our actions. And this is the one where I see person after person excusing themselves from the fact that they had control over that. I've had people tell me repeatedly of why they've done things like yelling at people, throwing things, hitting people, chasing people down, all kinds of, of actions. And they all say, it's, you know, I, it's not my fault. I can't help how I acted. And what I generally talk about is you know, the fact that we do choose our behavior. We do choose how we're going to respond. For instance, I've had people tell me that I can't possibly blame them for yelling at their spouse. And my question is, would you yell at your boss? And they say, of course not. And my question is, why not? And their response is, because I would be fired. And my response is, then you've chosen to yell at your spouse. You've chosen to not yell at your boss. And if you can choose when you're going to exhibit any behavior, it is proving that it's always a choice. And whenever I need to escalate it, would you do that behavior in front of a police officer? Of course not, because they don't want to be arrested. So they're choosing when they behave in a certain way. And this is one of those places where I, I think that we really have fooled ourselves into believing that we can't control our own behavior until we begin to reflect on, would I do that behavior no matter who was around me, no matter where I was? And I find that most people are choosing their behavior even when they don't notice they're choosing it. So then, as a way of protecting ourselves so that we can step up into our aspirations and our attitude and our actions, we also have control over our boundaries. 
Our boundaries are what we will not allow someone do, to do to us. We choose our boundaries and we choose how we're going to enforce those boundaries. And those boundaries may be whether somebody can uh, call us names or somebody can yell at us or throw something at us and how we allow things to come our way. Now, the real important thing about boundaries, at least in terms of the control paradox, is that sometimes people try to use boundaries as a way of controlling somebody else, not of controlling how they're treated, but of actually trying to control somebody else. I was doing a workshop on boundaries uh, at one point, and this woman came up in the second week, and she said, your boundary thing doesn't work. And I said, well, what do you mean it doesn't work? She said, I did those boundaries to my husband, and it didn't change him. And my response was, this was not about doing something to somebody else. It was for you, so you wouldn't be treated a certain way. And that's a very important distinction, that when we set our boundaries, we're doing it to protect ourselves, to choose how we're going to be treated, not to do something to somebody else. How about standards? Well, if boundaries are what you will not let someone do to you, standards is what you expect of yourself to live up to. And these can be uh, the virtues that you think are most important. Let's say, for instance, you, you, you decide your virtue is being honest. Your standard is honesty with other people. You can begin to look at the places where you might not be as honest as you wish you were. And you might even say, I'm going to be compassionately honest. So you're not going to hurt somebody's feelings, but you're going to be honest. And then you notice the places where that doesn't happen. And you realize there's a choice there to be made of stepping into a higher level of, um, of connection with that honesty standard. And so as we begin to be aware of this, the important thing of the control paradox is to begin to note what we can control and what we can't control. And to not be caught up on the things we can't control, but to be focused on the things we can control. Whenever we turn that equation around, life begins to be a lot easier because it's very frustrating to be trying to control the things around you over which you have no control. And it's also frustrating when you realize that your life is spinning along and you're acting as if you have no control. Take in the control paradox as a way of turning that around. When you understand that humans are naturally caught in the control paradox where we want to control what we can't control and abdicate control over what we can, you can begin to turn that around. Ask yourself the question, can I control this? Do I have control over this? And if it's about somebody else's thoughts, beliefs, actions, or attitude, you do not. If you, it's about physics and if it's about biology or if it's about your own thoughts or fears that jump into your head or if it's about world events, walk away. But if it's about you, what you can control, your aspirations, your attitude, your actions, if it's about setting your own boundaries or raising your own standards, step in and say, I choose to control these in different ways. I choose to move in these in a different way. My hope for you and my hope for me is that we solve the control paradox and that we live a thriving life. listening to the Thriveology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thriveology.com or at thriveologymagazine.com. Remember that Thriveology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it.